Hello friends, I'm Amanda Barr. And I'm Rebecca Lou Brennan, and welcome to Dance Principles United, the podcast. Together, we are passionate about helping studio owners with the business of running their studio. Join us as we talk everything from marketing systems, studio culture, motherhood, life, and everything in between. This is the Dance Principles United podcast. Well, hi, friends. Happy Monday, Beck. I'm so excited to be back in podcast world with you. I am so pumped. Uh, it is the most amazing week and I'm just loving life this week. How are you? Yeah, really, really good. It's um, been a crazy um, getting back into it after a couple of weeks of holidays, getting back into term three. But yeah, we've been having a great week inside Dance Principles United, which has been Fantastic. And that's what we wanted to talk about today a little bit. Um, We have launched um, our new program, Studio Growth Club, which has been amazing. Um, And Beck's been doing one-on-one calls with um, a lot of our members this week. And there was something that you found came up time and time again, Beck, right? Yeah, totally. And look, I think, you know, it is my level of expertise, but the thing that keeps coming up is their team members um, Mm. and how maybe their team members aren't on board with them, maybe how their team members are, you know, not following their values, uh, them having the confidence to deal with that stuff. So I really wanted to talk a bit about that today uh, because I think your team is so important to your Mm. studio and I think we don't value it as enough as studio owners. For sure. Like I really feel... Um, that at this point in my studio owner journey, that is my sole focus is leading my team and making sure that they're on board and being there to support them so they can best support our customers and our clients. Yeah, totally. And I think we all forget that our team members are the ones who are going to trickle that feeling down. Mm, And if they're not on board with what you want them to do, if they're not saying the right things, if they're not doing the right things, that's going to really affect your business and especially your retention. Oh, for sure. So you really want a really, really strong team. And that should be where you're investing so much of your time and energy as a leader, because as a studio owner, we're leaders and we need to be making sure we're leading our team and supporting our team, giving them um, the encouragement, the growth, the support um, that they need and being there and having that constant training, because that's something Beck and I both really believe in is consistent trainings with our team. A hundred percent. So the first thing I want to say to our listeners out there, Amanda, is Mm. stop avoiding confrontation because literally every person I'm talking to is like, this team member did this and they did that and that. I'm like, cool. How did you deal with that? I haven't spoken to them yet. It's like, you've got to speak to them. You can't expect things to go the way that you want them to if you can't actually speak to them and say, hey, that that wasn't really okay or, hey, I love how you're doing this. I always say positive, negative, positive when you're dealing with staff. So it's like, hey, I really love how much energy you have when you're teaching that class. However, we have had a parent complaint that you were on your phone during class. So can you explain to me how that happened and what was going on with that? Mm, yeah, I, I love that. The sandwich. Yeah. And then at the end, always be like, well, look, you know, the class is going really well. Everything's awesome. Let's just make sure we're not on our phone or whatever it might be. Mm. But like, just if you go into it with that sense of positive, negative, positive, I think that's how you can really approach them in a non-confrontational way. Cause I know people are scared of that. But like I said to a studio owner today, what is the worst thing that's going to happen if you actually confront this issue and confront this person? And it wasn't a big issue. The worst thing that could possibly happen is that maybe they get really, really cranky and they leave your team. And if that's the case, they weren't the right team member for you anyway. 
Mm, yeah, 100%. And why, like, why do you think so many studio owners are, you know, hiding and scared to talk to their staff about small issues? Like, why do you think that that's happening so much? Yeah, look, I think, great question. I think it's happening because they haven't done it before. Mm. And I used to be scared to confront team members. I used to be scared to do those things. I used to avoid every confrontation possible. But when I actually started doing it, I realized it's not that scary after all. And also it just made me deal with situations better and better. There were times when I didn't deal with situations very well, a hundred percent, but you learn from that. And when you start actually doing it, you find it easier and easier and easier. And then you realize that you are building the team of your dreams because you are dealing with it. So I think that's really the issue. What do you think? Yeah, for sure. I think that too. And I think, um, you know, having a chat and, you know, discussing and confronting the issues when they're a small issue, rather than leaving all the small issues until they're this huge, big issue and it blows out of proportion. And, you know, then, you know, perhaps you're at the end of your tether with one of your staff and, you know, you blow up, but you're then bringing up stuff that happened so long ago. Like that's not healthy for anybody. That's holding things in. That's it's not healthy for anyone at all. And it's not uh, growing your staff. It's not um, teaching them how to be better. And, you know, going through, you know, what you, you want your studio to look like and how you want them to behave as your team members. It's not fair to them either. Like they mm. deserve to get feedback. And sometimes they may not even realize that they're doing what they're doing. That's the thing. Like I think you, you've got to realize that you're their leader and it is actually your job to say to them, hey, you're not doing this the right way because they might not know that. Yeah. And I guess it doesn't always have to be a you're in trouble, you're so naughty kind of thing. It can just be a conversation about how they can be better. Totally agree. And I, I always think you should reach out and say, how can I help you with that? Mm. You know, like, you know, you're sitting – something I hate is staff who sit down when they teach. Yep. Like I am – absolutely hate it. And so if I see a staff member sitting down, I'll say to them, hey, I noticed you were sitting down in class. How can I help you to get up and be more energetic? Or what was your reason for sitting down at that time? You know, and if they say, oh, I was cleaning the routine, my answer would be, well, I actually think you'd be much better off walking around and let me help you with how I think you should clean a routine. And how about you look in this way and look that way? So like just always being there to support them is what they need to feel. Exactly what you're saying, Amanda, it can't be just, you know, I'm so cranky at you. I think it's got to be, hey, I've noticed this is an issue. How can I help you through it? Mm, I love that. And I think that comes along with having more regular meetings with them because if you're only ever calling a meeting when they're in trouble, that's where some of the issue comes. But if you're, you know, checking in regularly with them, you can bring up these little issues as we might want to call them all these little feedback points um, and it not be like turned into a such a big deal like they're being called into the principal's office exactly exactly and giving them consistent positive feedback so that when yep. you do have the negative thing that's coming along they're fine about it because you've given them other feedback you'd be, your students would be the exact same yes. if you think about teaching your students and you just constantly gave them negative feedback and didn't actually ever give them positive feedback they're not going to stay and they're not going to take the negative feedback well whereas if you're giving them positive negative positive positive negative positive that's how it's going to work a lot better so think about it in that sense as well yeah, that's a great way to think about it. And, 
you know, that same thing, like talking to them about it constantly, giving them constant feedback, regardless of which way it is, whether it's positive or negative, I guess, and not just leaving it all until the last minute, not leaving it until after the exam or after the comp to like let all these feelings out, you know, with your students doing the exact same with your team. Yeah. So the second thing I wanted to say to all of you Mm. out there is self-reflect. When an issue Mm. comes up, you need to self-reflect and go, have I actually set that expectation for that staff member? And I know I'm saying sitting down in class, but that's a perfect example. So have you ever actually said to that staff member, we don't sit down at this school? And the reason is because we want all of our classes to have lots of energy and we don't think you can have energy from sitting down. Like, have you actually said that? Have you actually said to the staff member, no phones allowed in class? Mm. I know to us, it seems so obvious that they would do that. But if you haven't set the expectation, it's actually not obvious. So you've got to always self-reflect when an issue comes up and think, don't think they should just know it because they shouldn't just know it. We as as their leaders should actually say to them, here's the expectations. Again, I'm going to relate it to you teaching a class. Would you ever go in and teach a class and not tell them your expectations? You're not going to let Mm. them talk all over you. An expectation is that they listen while you're speaking. That's, but that's obvious to me. A a class member should know that, but we have to tell them and your staff Mm. are the same. You have to tell them. Yeah. I love that. And having that self-reflection on that. And I guess that comes back to constant training because, you know, we can't expect our staff to be mind readers and even something like sitting down as a teacher or being on their phones to us, you know, to us with more experienced teachers, it kind of, you know, it's just obvious, but maybe it isn't to them. Maybe they're a brand new teacher. They didn't realise, they didn't realise what uh, being on their phone looks like to the kids or, and how it comes across to the kids or to the parents watching on the screen or whatever it is. So if you haven't told them, they're not mind readers, it's not their fault. Yeah. And they're probably addicted to it. So they Mm. don't even realise they're doing it. Like I'm going to bring up Amanda, how you said to me, even when I'm speaking, sometimes I look at my Apple watch. So now when I speak, I take my watch off. But if Amanda didn't tell me that, I would never have known it because Mm. it literally is just, it's a habit. And I didn't even know I was doing it. So it's like, they need that feedback. I need feedback. We all need feedback in life. And that's how you've got to think about it. Yeah, for sure. So what's the third big issue that um, are coming up um, quite often on these calls that you've been doing this week, Beck? I think those two are probably the biggest issue. And then I think the third issue would be just, you know, not planning things well enough for your staff to be able to succeed. Yeah. And what, and I say that with a whole heart and I know how busy we all get, but Mm. if you're not giving your staff the opportunities to have a planned environment, it's very difficult for them to succeed. And I mean things like concert planning. I mean things like if you want that concert to go really, really well, you should be planning it now. Like, you know, it's term three. We should be planning it and helping our staff with that. And it's no good going to a staff member week seven of term four and seeing that their routine isn't ready and that their things aren't ready and then getting cranky with them about it. Like give Mm. them that time, help them through that process and help them to be successful by planning well. I love that. What I do um, for that, and I presume you do something the same, Beck. I'd love to know what you do, is um, we set out like guidelines of time. So, you know, dance must be finished by X date. 
So then you have X amount of um, weeks to still polish. You know, music cuts have to be in by X date, but we're telling them these dates at the beginning of the year or at least the beginning of term three. So that, you know, reminding them at the beginning of term three so they know where they're working towards. I speak to my younger staff when I'm meeting with them quite often. All right, awesome. So, you know, the dance has to be finished by week five of term four. It's currently week one. How long have you got to go? Oh, cool. So you've got 40 seconds left. So we need to make sure we've got four weeks. We need to get through 10 seconds minimum each week and really talking about how much we've got to get through to give them that support that they need so they know when it needs to be done and they can see how that looks. Yep, I totally agree. And I think Mm. like, you know, making sure that they have the tools, for example, I do a session with my staff on how to clean a routine. You might think that's so obvious, but it is actually not so obvious for them to know how to clean and how to make that routine look good. And so just giving them those tools, you know, to make sure that their kids get up on stage, know their dance and can have a clean routine that looks great for parents. Yes. I love that so much. And the same, we do, um, a little bit of training for our staff as well on how to cut music because 10 years ago we used to always take it to a music producer to have it cut but now most people do their own that's kind of how it is and some teachers are absolute whizzes doing it on their own computers doing it themselves but some don't even know where to start and they don't know how to fix the swear words they don't know how to you know cut the song at the end they don't know how to merge the two songs we can't just expect that they have all these skills. You know, no staff member is going to start with us having every single one of those skills. So what are you doing? Are you training your staff to do it or are you training your staff um, to give it to one of the other staff members who it's their job? How are you supporting them through it? Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, just exactly what Amanda just said, we, it's our job to support our staff through Mm. this. And it's, they might be really great dancers and maybe they've started just teaching straight out of full time, but we can't expect them to have the same knowledge that a teacher degree would have or that someone with 10 years of teaching would have. And so we've really got to help them through. And sometimes even the older staff members need help. Like exactly what you're saying, cutting music, my ballet teacher who's, you know, in her 50s probably doesn't know how to cut music. Yep. Let's be honest. Like, mm. So giving her those tools is going to help her. Yeah, most definitely. So that constant training, that constant feedback, I think that's really key of what you're saying, that you're seeing a lot of issues that are coming up for studio owners. And managing staff is hard. It's the hardest part of our job for sure. Um, And I think if you speak to any small business owner um, across any sort of, um, you know, style of business, most of them will say managing a team is hard, but that's why we've got to put a lot of focus into it. Yeah, absolutely. And we forget how important it is because like I said, you might be teaching great classes and the kids in those classes might be fine or you might have a really gun teacher who's teaching those great classes, but every single kid in your school should be equally important to you. And so every single teacher needs to have that amazing ability to do all the things. Yeah, for sure. And I'm a big believer that um, a team is only as good as their leader. Everything that your team does reflects on you. So you really need to be when, um, you know, an issue comes up, you need to be reflecting on that and thinking, okay, I don't want, you know, this situation to reflect badly on me or the studio. I need to, you know, squash it in the bud if that's what has to happen. Nip it in the bud. Is that the saying? I always get that confused. Um, But, you know, you know, you need to make sure that, you know, everything is reflecting on you as the leader and everything comes down to you in, in essence. You know, to me, anything that happens at my studio is my fault. I'm always all about that yep. because even if I wasn't there, even if I had nothing to do with it, it's 
it's my fault because I should have trained my staff better to handle it. I should have done it. And I think that's something that everyone needs to think about is that it all comes down to you as the owner. Absolutely. Owning it. I love that so much. Mm. And I I just want to get back to the nipping it in the bud because a lot of people will have a situation happen, then they'll overthink it, then they'll talk to other people about it and it festers and festers. I really changed that in myself probably about eight years ago where I was like, literally in the corner of my office, bawling my eyes out over a situation that I let get way too much out of control. And in that moment, I decided as soon as something happens, I'm going to deal with it immediately. And I do that from now on. Even if I, if someone comes to me and says that parent was talking about this in the waiting area, I will immediately jump on the phone to that parent and deal with it straight away. If it's Mm. like this staff member did this, I will immediately go and deal with that staff member. And like, I know we need to think about things a little bit, but it's just about me not festering on it. Because when you fester on it, it becomes so much bigger. Sometimes you'll go to that parent and say, hey, I heard you were chatting about this. What's the issue? And it's not as bad as you think. Mm. And like, especially that hearsay stuff, it always gets blown out of proportion by the second or third person it's come to. Um, Sure. Yeah. I think just trying to deal with things straight away in a calm way, not in a reactive way, is Mm. always the best option. I love that. And it's no good for your mental health. You know, we've all got enough going on in our businesses to stay there and make, you know, blow things out of proportion by thinking about it, you know, um, at night when you're at home rather than just dealing with it and moving on. So much better for our mental health. Totally, totally agree. So that's our top staff tips, guys. And as I said to you with these um, calls, I've really been finding a lot of people have have got the similar issues. Um, And so that's why we wanted to chat about that with you guys today. Amazing. Thank you so much for um, joining us, Beck. It was so great to chat to you all. Thank you, everyone, for having a listen. Um, Give us a follow on Instagram um, and drop us a message if you're interested in learning more about Dance Principles United Tribe or our new program, um, Dance Principles United Studio Growth Club. Have an awesome day, guys. Bye. Bye.